Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. All right, welcome to translation. And some things, sometimes things just need translated. And sometimes it's really easy for us to say one thing, but really means something else. And that's what we want to deal with in this series. And a great place where that happens is in marriage, especially when we're newly married. And I remember when Gina and I were newly married in our first year. I remember the first time we went out to eat as a married couple. And I remember her uh, saying, get dessert. And I said, well, do you want some? She said, no, I'll take a bite of yours. And I said, well, why don't you just get one and take the, whatever you don't want? No, I'll get a bite of yours. And so I, I didn't know what was coming. I grew up with six brothers, and we had to protect our plates. And uh, <laughs> I had no idea what was about to happen, so I ordered the one dessert, and she took the bite, which I had promised her, and I took my bite. But then she took a second bite, and that began to bother me. <laughs> I took mine, then she took a third bite. And I just looked at her, I said, you said you wanted a bite. <laughs> she said, well, just a taste, just a taste. And so I took another bite, she took another bite. She ended up eating half my dessert. And here's what I learned. When she said, I just want a bite, translated that means we're going to split dessert. And I came to realize, you know, I figured out why. She didn't want a whole dessert because she felt like she'd end up eating it. And she didn't want to tell me that because she felt like I'd order her one anyway. So it just worked better for her that way. And that's one of the things we had to learn and one of the things we had to work out. And what I've come to learn is, as far as I go, uh, it's a lot easier to, to, to lie to myself than to others. I, I don't really struggle lying to others, but boy, it's easy to lie to myself. And that's what we want to address in this series. And I want to help us grow in some areas that are really difficult to grow in. And I have a theme scripture. It's Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. And it reads this way. Uh, it says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. All of us are a work in progress. And when we accept Christ as our Savior, the work begins. And I'm so glad that work has begun. I'm so glad it's progressing in each and every one of us. And it's something we want to strive to continue in. And in this series, my goal is to help us just go to the next level in this area of our life so that we can grow. And each week we have a different area that we all struggle with. And this week I want to deal with something that's a huge problem, not only in the world, but in the church. And I thought I'd give you a couple scenarios and see if you guys can help me translate it and see if you can guess. And so here's the first scenario. Hey guys, did you hear that John got another, another DUI? You know I really love him and really care about him, but can you believe it, a second DUI? Uh, if he gets one more, his license is going to be taken away from him. Can you believe he drinks that much? We need to really pray for him. The next time you pray, you should lift him up in your prayers. Anybody translate that yet? Well, let me give you one more. Hey, did you hear about Joe and Mary? You know I love that couple. I love them a lot, but you know what? They're getting a divorce, and I told you guys, I told everybody, they were too young to get married. I wish people would listen to my wisdom once in a while, I, but I really love those guys. I feel really bad that they're getting a divorce. Translated, guys, anybody? Translated? I like to gossip. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this thing called gossip and the fact that it's something we want to do. It's something that 
each and every one of us struggle with in our lives. And I stand before you as a person that has to struggle with this also. And in case we're wondering what it means to gossip, gossip is just simply sharing something negative about someone with the wrong one. And there's always a right person we can talk to. So for instance, on the job, you might have to share something negative about someone with a supervisor. In church, you might have to share something negative about someone with, with a leader in the church. Uh, you might have to share something negative about someone with a counselor or a mentor, and that's okay. But whenever we share something negative about someone with somebody that shouldn't know, someone that doesn't have to know, the Bible puts it in the category of gossip. And I, I want to try to keep this upbeat for us. And uh, I stand before you, I'm transparent every weekend, and I stand before you as somebody that really has struggled in this area. And I've never struggled gossiping about anyone here at Believers. Matter of fact, I haven't struggled gossiping about pastors in town. But where I have struggled is gossiping about national ministers and politicians. And I've really struggled in that area. And uh, especially with national ministers. And it's not all of them, it's some. And when I close out today, I'm going to give you the five reasons why people gossip. And I'll tell you why I've gossiped about national ministers at times. I'll show you some of the triggers that have caused me to do it. But it's something I've had to grow in. And I remember there have been times when my wife would just look at me and say, honey, you should stop sharing that information. That's just, you should stop saying that. And I'd look at her and say, who made you the Holy Ghost? I mean, God's in me. He'll tell me when I'm wrong. Come on now. And uh, I called her the Holy Ghost for a while. And, uh, and that's what you do when you know you're wrong, but you don't, don't know what else to say. And you're just not so sure you want to quit. And uh, so uh, I've had these talks with her at different times. And I'm so thankful for a mate that challenges us and a, a mate that helps us grow because all of us need that in our life. And uh, I know you're just like I am. We, it's something we have to do. But here's something that I've learned. It's human nature to speak negative words about others. In other words, if we're an autopilot, that's what we're going to do. It's just what we want to do, guys. And listen to Ephesians 4.29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Let me stop there just for a moment. When the Bible tells us not to do something, that means that's what we do. That's our natural bent. And the Bible is loaded with verses like this where it says, don't do this. So that encourages me. It, it lets me know I'm okay. Uh, it's something I want to do, but the Bible says, Joe, you're going to have to fight it. Joe, you're going to have to say no to it. So it says, Doesn't allow, don't allow any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. It goes on to say, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So the idea is to speak words that are not negative. Now, unwholesome words, gossip would go under that. Coarse jesting would go under that, some other things. But gossip for sure sits under there. And I think the word unwholesome is an interesting word. The, the Greek word is sapros, and it's an interesting word. It means rotten or putrefied. And I think that's pretty fascinating. Here's how the Voice Bible translates it. Don't let even one rotten word seep out of your mouths. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up when they need it most, that way your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them. And the Bible says our words can be like rotten fruit. They can literally be rotten. 
And I have a rotten story. And the reason I share stories is to help us remember things. And a couple weeks ago, we were watching TV. It was my wife, Gina, and my daughter, Michelle. And we're watching TV in our great room. And right behind us is the kitchen. We have all the lights off. And I'm on my Daniel Plan diet, lifestyle diet, and I'm eating healthy. And it's about 9.30 or so, and, and I'm hungry. So I thought, I'm, I'm going to get a bag of peppers. I, I love peppers. And Gina buys these bags that are full of uh, little peppers. They're about this big, and they're multicolored. I thought, I'm going to go grab one. But I didn't want to turn the lights on uh, because I didn't want to ruin the TV experience. So I go, I know what drawer they're in. I grab them out of the fridge, and I don't look. I grab one. I'm so hungry, I put it in my mouth and I begin to eat. And I'm walking in back into the great room. And just when I'm sitting down, I take the last bite out of that first pepper. And when I bite into it, I can tell it's, it's something's wrong. It's rotten or something. But I didn't stop chewing. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why I kept chewing. And, and so I told Gina, I said, I said, I got to turn the light on. Sorry, sorry. So I turned the light on and her and Michelle saw the bag at the same time with me. And every pepper in the bag had mold on it. Everyone was molded. And they're like, ah, ah, that's gross, that's gross. And while they're grossing out, I'm still chewing. I'm getting ready to swallow. I forgot it was in there. And, and uh, so then Gina goes, spit it out, spit it out. And so, so I went ahead and got rid of it in the bag. Now, I want to say this to you. Later that night, that pepper impacted me. It impacted me greatly the entire next day also. And here's why I share stories, to help us remember, guys. I've eaten more rotten things. You need to turn lights on when you eat. And, and uh, so I share stories to help us remember. But you know the Bible is saying that our words can also be rotten, putrefied. And that's something that you and I want to begin to think about, that our words can literally be rotten. They can literally impact somebody in a negative way. And so that's the truth that I want to bring out today. It's a great truth. Our words can produce life or they can drain life. They can produce life or they can drain life. And that's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Are our words producing or are our words draining life from the people that hear us? and also even from ourselves. So we're dealing with gossip, but I want to I just move a little bit away from gossip for a moment and just talk about words in general. Because as for me, I, I was born with a demeanor that tends to be negative. Now, I'm not that way now, but I had to overcome it. And when you get married, you begin to notice things that you, you didn't notice before. And when we had kids, I began to notice things. And um, I just would be negative. And when the kids needed corrected, I would correct them more in a negative way. And I remember one time I was just screaming, you kids are pigs, you're pigs, you're pigs. Look at your room, you're a bunch of pigs. You're like pigs. And Gina takes me aside. She doesn't want to embarrass me in front of me. Honey, you shouldn't call your kids pigs. I said, but they are. <laughs> How would you feel if your dad called you a pig? I said, he did. <laughs> I said, he did all the time. So she said, how did you feel about it? I said, I didn't like it. She said, how do you think they feel? I said, honey, I don't know. It just comes out. I got to work on it. I got to work on it. And it took me time to learn to say things positive instead of negative. 
Now, our grandchildren, Joey's four and Riley's two, and just the other day they were over and we were just talking about something good that Riley did. Two years old, something good that she did. She knew we were talking about her. She got this smile on her face and she's just smiling because she heard her name and she heard what we were saying about her. And I share that story just to say to you and I that our words are so powerful. And there are times when we have to correct our children, but it's so important to speak life over everyone and it impacts them we're not dealing with gossip for this moment but it impacts them and how about in our marriage that's so important to, to speak life now my dad i never heard my dad say a negative thing to my mom he used to you know do the dishes and do housework so you learn what you what's modeled so i i didn't have a problem speaking negative over my wife i did with my kids but not my wife and and uh it was something i just did naturally and gina will tell you if she was standing up here she would tell you that I pulled things out of her and helped her grow out of some things that she experienced in childhood, she'll tell you that it changed her life because I spoke positive over her. And, and it wasn't that I was real spiritual, it was just what I learned and what I mimicked that I saw. But how easy is it to say negative things to our mates? Boy, is that easy. It's so easy to do. So I want this not only to be about gossip, but I also want it to be about, man, how powerful are our words. Our words can produce life or drain life out of people. And when I'm with my wife or with my kids or grandkids or if I'm with you guys, when I leave your presence, I want you to say, man, I feel better about myself than before Joe came into the room. I actually feel better. So here's a scripture. It's a cool scripture. Um, and it goes like this, Proverbs 18, 21. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose and that is so true and we're going to emphasize you choose here a little bit later in the message but i want you to notice what the bible is talking about here that words are being compared to either fruit i mean fruit's beautiful appealing it's attractive you bite into it it's sweet it nourishes your body or poison now poison may not be unattractive and poison uh, may not smell it may smell but can we all agree it's damaging? It's really, really damaging. So now we're taking words to another level that they literally are like poison. And I, I have another story to help you remember. This happened when I was in junior high. It's absolutely a true story. My mom wanted me to go in the basement and clean the shower downstairs. My dad had built this shower in the basement and it had glazed tiles. So I had to go clean the glazed tiles on the inside of the shower. And mom didn't give me any instructions. I went down, grabbed a bucket, and I'm looking at all the cleaning items, and I got some Clorox. I thought, that should work, and I put Clorox in there. And then I'm thinking, what else can I put? And uh, junior high, not, not too bright. And I grabbed ammonia. I said, this is good. And I, poured it, I just poured a lot of ammonia in there. Then I fill it. I, it's all filled with water. I take it in the shower. I shut the door, put my boom box on. No windows are open. I'm inside the shower, and I'm I'm washing the walls. Now, here's what I didn't know. Many of you knew this, and if you're here and you don't know this, I'm going to save you a Joe moment in your life. So uh, here we go. Uh, bleach and ammonia mixed together release a highly toxic chloride gas. I didn't know that. It is highly flammable and can explode, causing chemical burns. If inhaled, it can cause damage to the membranes of the trachea and lungs, causing intense pain and death. I didn't know that. So I'm in there, and I'm washing the walls, and as I'm washing, it's coming clean. It really worked good. You just need a mask when you use it. So 
all of a sudden my eyes are burning really, really bad. They are burning. And then I'm, I'm breathing in and my nose and my lungs are starting to burn. And I'm thinking, something's not right. <laughs> not totally bright, but I'm thinking something's wrong. So uh, I thought I better get out of here. I figured it must be the, what's in the bucket. But then I became faint and I'm ready to black out. And I felt myself just blacking out and ready to fall, which would have been terrible. Uh, I would have stayed in those fumes. And all of a sudden the door opened and my mom runs in and goes, what are you doing? She grabs me and she pulls me out to a room that had clean air. And I'm like breathing and still burning and hurting. I had no idea what was happening. My mom saved me. My brothers to this day will tell you I acquired brain damage from that event. <laughs> they will tell you that. Um, some of my friends might tell you that too. But, 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 why do I share stories? In the same way that impacted me physically, our words can impact people's souls. And gossip can impact people's souls at that level. And that's scary when you think about the fact that our words can be like poison. And our words can cause, the Bible says gossip can separate the closest friends. The Bible says gossip in the book of James, it can set a whole forest on fire. It can set whole situations on fire. It's really, really powerful. Take it back to a marriage. Take it back to raising kids. Take it back to a relationship. It can either bring life to a relationship or it can poison a relationship. And some of you are going to be like me. I had to have my wife coach me through my problems with being negative. And she actually helped me too with gossip. So some of you will be like me. You'll need somebody to coach you. Might have to go to some counseling. That's okay. But the first step in all this is coming to a place to where we begin to become aware. Now here's something you may not know. You might know this. And it's really, really powerful. It's, it's just the fact that gossip can be fun to listen to and to share. Did you know that? It can actually be fun. And here's our scripture, Proverbs 26, 22. Whispered gossip is like a delicious first course. It is devoured with pleasure and then penetrates deep within you. Now, the penetrating deep within us, that's the negative side, that's the poison side, that's the rotten, putrefied side. It really hurts us once it gets in, hurts the people we're speaking to. But notice the first part again. Whispered gossip is like a delicious first course. It's fun to gossip. It's fun to have a scoop. It's fun to share something that somebody else doesn't know. And so it's helpful for us to know it's enjoyable because uh, it's something we have to fight. It's something, whether at work, uh, in your family, in a church, it's something that's actually enjoyable be, to be the bearer of bad news. It's actually fun to share. And what God's calling us to do is to be people that produce life and not drain life with our words. But here's something else that's helped me not want to gossip. And this is really important for us to know that the fact that God hates gossip, he, he actually hates it. And I want you to see this scripture, Proverbs 6, 16. There are six things that the Lord hates. No seven things he detests. And hate and detest, they're, they're both the same thing. God hates seven different things. So I got to thinking about something I hate. And I didn't want to use sin because that's obvious. So I was trying to think of natural things that I hate. And I couldn't think of anything I actually hate. I dislike things. I dislike okra. Even if you deep fry it, it's still slimy when you eat it. 
I don't like okra. I dislike liver. I don't care how you cook it. It's still liver. And uh, my wife loves it. I dislike liver a lot. I dislike the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, <laughs> I love the Browns. Dislike the Steelers, guys. But uh, I don't hate them. Hate's a strong word. I don't hate okra. I just don't like it. I don't hate, uh, you know, all kinds of things. I may not like them, but I don't hate them. Hate's strong. Hate's a really strong word. So I couldn't think of anything I really hated. But I know something my wife hates. My wife hates condiments. She hates them so bad. That's ketchup, mayonnaise, and, and mustard. She hates them. When we were first married, I couldn't eat them in front of her. I, I had to go in another room to eat when I had mayonnaise on my bologna sandwich, man. I couldn't even eat it in front of her. And it's like, are you kidding? She goes, I can't even smell it. I can't even see it. Now she's gotten better. We have to put the jar away, and she has to sit far enough away from us if we're eating some kind of condiments. She hates condiments. Well, uh, not too long ago, Joe and Aaron were over. They had the grandchildren with them, and, and uh, Joey and Riley were eating some fries, and they were dipping them in ketchup. And, and uh, so Gina's in the great room with them because they're the grandkids, but she's sitting really far away, and she's not looking at them. And, and uh, she has some cartoons on for them. And, and, and then we're in the kitchen just talking. And, and then all of a sudden, we didn't see this. We found out later. Riley took her finger in the ketchup, and she started wiping it on her lips and her face. <laughs> and I don't know this is happening, but here's what I hear. Aaron, get these kids out of here. I'm like, what? You let Riley ripe snot on your face, and it doesn't even bother you. What, what did they do? And then we found out what happened. She so hates condiments that she couldn't even be around her grand. It separated her from her grandkids. So hate, can you all agree hate's a strong word? It's a strong word. I want you to remember how strong it is. The Bible says there's seven things that God hates. And if hate separated Gina from her grandkids, Aaron had to wash, wash Riley's face before Gina would go near her. Can you believe it? changes poo-poo diapers, but can't wash ketchup off her face. I don't even understand it. So, but here we go, here we go. God, well, we know God loves the person. God loves people, but he hates seven things. So let's take a look at the seven things that he hates. Uh, Proverbs 6, 17 says, haughty eyes, that would be pride. God, God hates pride. Uh, a lying tongue, which gossip can be a lie sometimes, have you ever did that drill where you get, you know, 10 people in a circle and you start and you say one thing to the first person, you're whispering it, and then the, they tell the next person, they, and by the time it gets around the room, it's totally different than what you said. So gossip typically is always a lie by the time we get around the circles with it, uh, but for sure it can be a lie. Uh, he, he hates hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that raise to do wrong, race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. Gossip sometimes can be false, uh, false things about people. And then a person who sows discord in a family. And gossip always separates and always sows discord. Families, work environments, churches, it always does that. And the Bible says God literally hates this thing. So here's what's happened in my life. Years ago when Gina would confront me and... Uh, I, I had a sister-in-law that, she never confronted me, my sister-in-law Patsy, but I've never heard her say a bad thing about anybody. And then if I said something bad about a national minister, she would change the subject. And I'm like, 
This was good. What are you doing changing the subject? Then I would feel so unspiritual because she, she wouldn't even acknowledge what I said. And so she brought a lot of conviction on me too. And I had to just make a decision to grow. This really helped me grow. I realized I'm not pleasing my father when I share these tidbits that really aren't for anybody to know. If I heard them, they're not for me to know or for someone else to know. And it's not for me to share them. So I had to grow. And this really helped me grow. And remember how we saw we have to choose? Here's the exciting part. It's possible. If I can do it, everybody in the room can do it, right? If Pastor Joe can outgrow this, everybody in the room can outgrow this. So listen to James chapter 1, verse 26. It says, If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Now, I'm not reading it for any other reason but this. The Bible says we have the power to bridle what comes out of our mouth. Here's another cool scripture. Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. So I can guard this mouth. And I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've wanted to say something really, really bad. I overheard something in a restaurant once, and to this day I haven't told a soul, but I've wanted to. The person didn't know I was there. And, and I overheard him, and it wasn't about me. It was about someone else. And, and, and here's what God told me, because this was recently, and, and thank God I've grown he told me love covers the multitude of sins and you don't need to ever repeat what you heard. But oh, I'm telling you guys, I wanted to. I wanted to say it to a few people that it was connected to, but I learned that I can guard this thing. It's not easy to do, but we can do it. And everybody in this room has the ability to guard their mouth. So here's what I've noticed. If I can figure out why I gossip, it helps me not to. So I came up with five reasons why people gossip. And uh, here's the first one. Acceptance, they will like me. That's the statement. And in other words, people gossip because they think if they bring some good morsel that their friends will like them. It's, be, it's like they become popular, they become necessary for sharing. So yeah, if, if you examine yourself, that, if that's a reason, it's, it's, a, it, it's something you want to understand that God loves you and people love you for who you are and you don't have to bring anything to people to be accepted and if your friends won't accept you you need some new friends because there are people that will accept you for who you are and you don't have to gossip in order to be accepted here's the second reason insecurity they are better than me and sometimes we gossip about people because they just intimidate us or we feel inferior around them so we want to just find something bad give me something negative about them so i can say something negative they're not as great as you say and uh that's easy to do when my kids were growing up i i used to say this to them and i heard it from another minister and uh and i would say to my kids you know uh, if you blow out someone else's candle yours doesn't glow any brighter and and isn't that true it, it's not it, your, your candle's still the same but sometimes we think if we can tear someone else down it makes us look bigger. And in my younger ministry, I would be very intimidated at times by, by different uh, ministers. And I would think, man, I got to find something negative to say. Or if I heard something negative, I would repeat it because I felt like it made me look a little bit better. And that's something I had to grow in and become better. And uh, so that's one. The next one is offense. They hurt me. And this is, uh, this is really, really common. Uh, if someone offends you and they hurt you, it's really normal just to begin to gossip about them. So years ago, 
before I was the pastor of this church, uh, somebody af really offended me. They, they overlooked me for a position. And I was convinced I was the best person for the job, so I felt like they missed it. And uh, as humble as I am, I felt like, you should have you picked me. And I was so offended by the fact that they overlooked me that I began to gossip about them. And I just began to say some negative things about them to all kinds of people. And it went on almost a year. That's a long time. It took God about a year to get a hold of me. And uh, when God finally got a hold of me, I apologized and repented to God. But then I went to that person and I told the person, I've been, I've been really upset with you. I was so offended when you didn't pick me. And I, I want to apologize. I've gossiped about you. And they were so gracious. They forgave me. And I said, by the way, I'm going to tell everybody I can remember that I gossiped to. I'm going to tell them that I'm sorry and tell them I was wrong. But I said, I told so many people, I don't think I can remember everybody that I told. <laughs> and they laughed and I laughed. And I said, but I'll do my best. And uh, I'll tell everybody I know. And, and offense is such a common thing, whether it's at work, it's in a family matter, it's in a church where we feel for one reason or another we were overlooked. And I just want to encourage you in this area. The Bible says God will open a door that no man can shut and God will close a door and that God's the promoter. And just trust God uh, to promote you. But sometimes we're offended for other reasons. They have nothing to do with that. And offense can just be this pain in our gut that we're so hurt by what happened that we feel we need to say negative things. And I want to encourage you that you can overcome that and you can, you can stop doing it out of offense. And, and then number four is a difference that we might have. They don't believe like me. And this is where I struggled with national ministers. If I hear them teach something I don't agree with, I just felt like I had to protect people and I had the right to let people know these guys are wrong, they're teaching bad stuff. And then Jesus had to show me that's not my place, that he didn't make me the gatekeeper. Now, all of us have the right to say or to teach what we think is right, but we really don't have the right to cut somebody else down. And hopefully if you've been here at Believers uh, any length of time, you've noticed that I'm not up here cutting anyone else down. I'll tell you what I think, but it's not our place to do that. And then the last one is righteousness. They don't live like me. And, you know, if we hear somebody had an affair, we hear somebody did something bad, it can be so tempting to want to just share that with people. And that's something God had to grow me in. I remember years ago, I was in a restaurant out of town. I was out of town. And I'm in a restaurant, and I'm sitting at a table, and I hear a group of guys. I was at a pastor's conference, and people were there from all over the world. And I'm, I'm listening to someone next to me, but there's a wall separating us. And they're talking about this guy that had an affair. I knew the pastor, and they're saying he had an affair. And they're, they're acting like it happened last week. It was like it just happened. And I knew that what they were sharing was 10 years old. And I sat there just shaking my head saying, Lord, that happened 10 years ago. The man made it right. The man was disciplined. Uh, they kept it quiet, but he was dealt with uh, very strongly uh, by his supervisors and authorities. And I thought, Lord, they're acting as if that's brand new and sharing. And, and that's sometimes the danger of gossip. So here's my heart as we close this up, guys. Your words can produce life or drain life. And I'm going to challenge you now. The Bible says you choose as you go through your week to make it your effort to make it 
your goal to speak positive words. And last night after I ministered today, the same thing happened. I had some guys come up to me saying, my ribs are sore. That was a great message, but my wife elbowed me so many times during your message. Uh, and my heart, again, is not to in any way make anybody feel bad about themselves. That's why I'm transparent, because I figure, hey, if you know I'm struggling with something, so we're all struggling, but how, ma how many of us believe God can finish the work in us in this area? How many of us are excited that he that has done a good work will finish it? He's going to conclude it. Let's give God thanks that he's going to grow us, guys. He's going to grow each and every one of us. All of us are going to get to the next level in every area of God. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this awesome group of people. They're hungry. That's why they're here. We want to grow. That's why we're here, Lord. And uh, Lord, some of us, uh, you spoke to us while I was ministering. You spoke to hearts. And Lord, we're all making a decision. We're going to grow and go further in this area. And we thank you that only by your grace can we do it. We can't do anything without the grace, without your help. So Lord, we ask you to give us help. Lord, some of us are saying, hey, we're sorry. We need to make some things right. And Father, right now we take what I call a God moment. I ask you to just speak to hearts. And guys, you may want to be praying right now to God. I just want to give you 30 seconds so the things I said in this message can be solidified. Lord, we're so thankful for the Holy Spirit who's in us, and who's with us. Lord, thank you for growing us today. Thank you for this series, and as we continue with other areas, thank you for growing us, Lord. Lord, thank you for turning us into people that produce life with our words wherever we go, and we thank you for doing that, Father. Guys, can we stay in an attitude of prayer? Let's keep our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I want to make one invitation before I close it down today. If you're here and you're not sure of your, your eternity, I want to give you a chance to be sure of your eternity. Um, you know, the Bible teaches us that every person born on planet Earth has sinned. All of us fall short of God's glorious standard. And we all have a sin problem. That's why God sent Jesus. Jesus fixed the problem. But in order for him to fix it in your life, you have to see him for who he is and accept him for who he is. And the Bible says he's the son of God. He died for your sins. God raised him from the grave. He's alive, and he is Lord of all, that every knee will bow to him, either on this side or on the next side. And the place to bow your knee to Jesus is on this side. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe that. I believe he died. And you say, I'm ready today to pray and make it real. I want to make it personal with him. Understand, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a Christian church or if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things. Here's what I'm asking you. What have you done with Jesus? Have you made it personal? You say, Pastor, I see him as Lord and I'm ready to pray today. Would you pray with me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody else, would you help him? Say this after me. Lord God, I know I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make it personal. Jesus, I believe. And today, I receive you as my Savior. And I make a decision 
to follow you. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.